This is War Vessel Radio, standing firm upon the truth of Jesus Christ and speaking triumphantly from the Word of God, boldly living from a position in Christ and decreasing so that Jesus will increase, proclaiming to the world the gospel of Jesus Christ and a hope and a future found in Him. Hello, everyone. Welcome back this week. We are in episode 24, and we're diving in on a topic that I'm pretty excited about. Um, it's been coming from a few different reflections on a book I've been reading, uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. I've, I've been assigned to do that for, uh, for some college work, and it has proved to be a very much more than just college reading. It's, it's actually been very uh, a strong exhortation to my soul and just an encouragement to me um, and has brought quite a bit of thought-provoking uh, just reflections and questions and things that uh, have been good for my spirit to sort through. And I've been listening to it in an audiobook uh, format, so I've been able to do that while I'm out work and just painting walls and um, all that kind of stuff, and it's just been a great focus and time of meditation for um, just reflecting upon the foundational truths of Christianity and how C.S. Lewis presents them. Uh, and I guess the background story of mere Christianity is, <clears throat> from my understanding, it was a series of radio talks C.S. Lewis was given or gave uh, through B- BBC. Um, to to the English uh, population or the English citizens, whoever would listen, uh, and he's just giving a detailed uh, argument slash discussion uh, slash the truths of the gospel and Christianity to a relatively, at that time, atheist or declining uh, Christian culture. And uh, so, and he, C.S. Lewis himself was an atheist, uh, bef- and and so he presents uh, the truths of Scripture and of God and uh, Christianity, and he starts like he would be in an apologetic way. I say apologetic, and with apologetics, like as an as an apologist, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, even, but uh. Basically, um, building the the argument for the God of Christianity, uh, and so he starts with this idea of we are all we all have are born with uh, a moral compass or a moral law, um, if you will, and that even if you're you're you think of yourself better than somebody or and compare or somebody else is relatively wicked. Um, that each of us is bound to this inherited moral law that doesn't seem to come from anywhere other than our own psyche, and it's it's just inside of us. And so from there, he he builds up to this uh, through reason this idea that there is a mind or a a consciousness that bestowed that upon us in a creation format. Anyway, I'm not doing it justice. C.S. Lewis is by far the better orator and writer and uh, just word craftsman than I am. And if I would highly recommend either reading the book or listening to the audio uh, versions. It's It's been very good. Uh, 
but a couple of the of the thoughts I've been I've had over the last couple of days as I've been listening to it is uh, one of them is just the the title of the book Mere Christianity. What C.S. Lewis is is doing is he's at the very he's stripping he's stripping all of the uh, I guess extra baggage we can add to the gospel message and it, it ends up even just confusing people more than just the simple truths and so he starts out with the simple truths in an easy and understandable way and just begins laying the foundations of the foundation of the gospel and who God is his relationship with Jesus Jesus's relationship to us and what he's done for us and what why the purpose of all that and uh, it's just been really super refreshing to go through this but one of the points that he's making through mere Christianity is that our lives in essence reflect something and he uses the word creature that we are creatures of some place and as Christians, we desire to be, we have become creatures of heaven, or we should be creatures of heaven. And before, we were actually creatures of hell. And the way he goes about explaining this is, is essentially, uh, you're best suited for one of those places, depending on what your life looks like. If you have no love or desire to have joy, peace, patience, self-control, desire to serve and love others, love your enemies, pray, or and you detest all the good things, then you are better suited in hell because you prefer the, the tastes of unrighteousness and wickedness and that hell is actually, when you die, will be a better fit for you. And if you're the opposite and you've, you've been changed by Christ so that your tastes are now something where you long to serve others out of the joy of your heart of serving Christ. You you desire to live in peace, at peace. You desire to have joy in all things, to cease from worry, anxiety, etc., etc., and all these areas. Then you are actually, you are a creature of heaven. You are, you're going to enjoy heaven if you, if you were the opposite and you were a person that did not enjoy anything, well, hell or heaven would be hell to you because you detest joy and heaven is pure joy because Christ is there. Um, And that has been, and he goes way deeper into all that too. Uh, But that has been a thought that's just stood out afresh to me. I hadn't really looked at it that way. Um, This idea that we are actually when we come to Christ, our our tastes change so that we become a go from citizen of one to citizen of another because our desires are now different. And that before, whether we could get into heaven or not if we had sin, we actually would hate it because our desires are not in accordance with the things of heaven, and they're more in accordance with the things of hell and the debased things. And so I found that interesting, and uh, one of the, I guess, ways I also began looking at this is I took the word mere, 
M-E-R-E that he uses in his title, and I, I replaced it with M-I-R-R-O-R, or mirror, and like the thing that you look in and see reflection, and I changed it to mirror Christianity, that our lives are to, well, first of all, our lives mirror something no matter what, and that people see that, whether we're trying to hide or mask it, it doesn't really matter. Eventually, the, our true nature is revealed in the actual creature who we are, whether a creature of heaven or a creature of hell, is shown to the world. And so our lives as, as Christians, then, who have truly come to obedience of Christ and surrender, well, now our, our Christianity or the reason we're a Christian is because our life mirrors Christ. And it's not a mimic because we, in our in our own self, may try to copy Christ, but that is, it's utterly worthless and meaningless because it's only by Christ that anything happens. And so it's, and we're just, his image now, because of him, it's him reflected on, our surface and it's him that we are to be reflecting and so whenever he moves it's not that we move it's that his spirit within us moves in accordance with his will and his action as his body and that's been uh, just a neat thought for me is going from mere Christianity to mere Christianity uh, and thinking about the implications of that, or, or vice versa, where we could be, our focus as the mirror could be completely not on Christ and on the things of the world, and then that is going to be displayed on our surface, and that's what people will walk by and see the reflection of is of the world. And I so, I, yeah, it's just been another... Uh, really good i think another another what i was listening to to today and i can't remember exactly the context he was using it in but along this the same lines of this reflection or becoming uh like christ or like something that should abide in hell um is he talked about a little bit about beauty and the beast and he didn't talk about beauty and the beast i'm still kind of confused why he brought that in, but he talked about another story about a guy who who wore a mask that made his face appear more uh, more handsome, I guess would be the best word. And he wore it for a very long time until eventually when he took the mask off, he realized that his face had actually formed to fit the mask. Now, I have no idea what story this is. It reminds me of Phantom of the Opera or something. Um but it's not Phantom of the Opera. Uh, probably exactly the opposite of Phantom of the Opera. But anyway, that's what I thought of when I heard this. Um, and that is how Christ is to us. And the only difference is he's not a mask. He becomes part of us and he changes us at, into his image. And it's But that's the idea that we are fitted into this mold of Christ and that we through sanctification and as our lives progress in the spirit of Christ, of Christ in and through us, 
we are molded into his person, into his image, into his likeness. Um, so that was that was really uh, another cool thought. Uh, I there was another thing, and I haven't fully developed where my thinking is on this, but I, I guess I'll share it. Is our along these same lines? Our lives are developed of substance, either the substance, our spiritual lives. Our spiritual lives are developed of a substance. It's either the substance of the flesh and of sin, or our substance is of Christ. And uh, one of the points that C.S. Lewis makes through Mere Christianity is whether you're choosing Christ or choosing sin, to live in sin, there is a death of some kind involved. If you choose to continue living in sin, well, the result is it's an eternal death of absence with Christ. You're choosing to be absent from the Spirit of Christ, which is the worst kind of death. And it's also, uh, there's also the physical element of death, and because we are all under sin, we will die. But it's the spiritual death that is the actual death, but then there's another death that's involved, and that's if we choose to have the life in Christ that Christ imparts to us through his spirit living and dwelling in us and changing our spiritual life. That doesn't change the physical ends to where our bodies are going, which is death, but it changes the everlasting the everlasting uh, part of our life as we will live with eternal life. We will have the desire to live with Christ eternally and that our joy is not an eternal life, but in the fact that we have an eternal relationship with Jesus. But that requires a death of its own kind, and that's death to to sin, to the fleshly nature. Um, That's got to go. In order to be obedient and surrendered and able to have that full relationship with Jesus— then it requires a daily putting to death of our sinful members in the flesh, in the ways, uh, in the habits of our our old man. And uh, I guess a couple, since I'm running out of time here, uh, a couple scriptures that just stood out in, in thinking about this whole theme of the mere Christianity, mirror Christianity, and becoming and and inviting or Christ taking accepting I, I inviting Christ accepting Christ's invitation for Him to come into us this is a, probably a better way of saying it. It's none of our own doing or merit that uh, gets us to heaven or or in Christ. So I got distracted. I had some siblings go running through the house quickly, uh, so I lost my train of thought. But um. It's not of ourself, but it's rather all of Jesus. And so the scripture, the scriptures that have been coming to mind were uh, a little in John, uh, particularly John 14, uh, 23 and 24, where Jesus is talking about the indwelling of the Father and the Son. And this is right before the true vine passage and uh, where he talks about the Holy Spirit coming in chapter 16. But anyway, uh, so verses 23, Jesus answered and said to him, 
If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. And so that was just, that scripture just kind of embodies what I was thinking of when it came to this mere Christianity. That for the Christian or the person that truly loves Christ, he will have all of the characteristics of Christ because Christ is in him. He will speak the words of Christ and he will keep uh, the commands of Christ in obedience to Christ because Christ is obedient to the Father and the things that the, the Father says. And therefore the Father will love us as Christians who love the Son. And the person that does not love Jesus well, is not going to obey anything of of Jesus. Uh, and so when, I guess when I say scriptures, the entire Old New Testament, the entire Bible points to this contrast of wickedness and righteousness. Another place I was in uh, was Romans Romans 6. And one thing that uh, I have started doing in just my kind of my daily prayer and uh Becoming surrendered to Christ throughout the day. Sometimes it's 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 first thing in the morning, and then I, I might need to do it multiple times throughout the day. Uh, actually, I do have to do it multiple times throughout the day. But in uh, Romans six, it talks about uh, dying with Christ, living with Christ, all the implications of being dead to sin and alive to God, and how Jesus, through His death and becoming and triumphing over sin by living the life apart from sin and free from sin, and then dying so that we might be freed from sin. But particularly what chapter 6 talks about that I have uh, been implementing in my life is it says in verse 13, or I'm going to start at 12. Uh do you know what? I'm going to start in 11 because it's kind of the start of this whole segment. So this is Romans 6. 11, and I'll, uh, I think I'll end it at probably 14 and then jump down a little bit more. So, verse 11, Likewise, you also reckon your, yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey in its lust. And verse 13 is where I've picked up and started to do, implement something in my prayer life, and I'll explain that. But, Verse 13, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. And so what I've started praying is, is I just, I go through this, I am in Christ. I am in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension into heaven because Christ is in me and I am in Christ and I partake the things that Christ has been given from the Father because I am in Christ I have also been given and this is a promise and so I claim that over my life and then this is something I've been adding along with that and not in a ritualistic or that I feel like I need to do this but this is something that just stood out to me as uh just a joy or uh, helping me, I feel, in the spirit, just put myself in the mindset of 
how I should live throughout my day. And that is, I'll pray, Lord, I do not present my members, and then sometimes I'll name specific members, whether that be my hands, my eyes, my mind, my entire body, um, my thoughts, uh, things I would consider to be members. I, I do not present uh, these things, my members, to be instruments of unrighteousness to sin today, but I present myself to you, Lord Jesus, as being alive, as as being for inst- to be used as an instrument of righteousness and not of unrighteousness. And then later it says down in um, verse 19 of chapter 6, uh, for, for just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanliness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. And so I, at first when I, I had just, been doing that, presenting my members to righteousness. But then I added, uh, later on as I read that, and I realized that Paul adds this as being slaves for of righteousness for holiness, I began adding that, Lord, I submit my members to you as slaves of, of righteousness leading to holiness, of becoming holiness, of having qualities of holiness, I guess. Um, and that has been uh, a really neat just uh, way of praying and something that has become personal between me and God. And so I just share that as an encouragement and um, I don't know, just another way of looking at that scripture. So, wow, I've lost a little track of time getting a little over here. Um, thank you guys for listening. I hope, I hope this was an encouraging uh, episode for you guys um, and that you have been strengthened in Christ and that you're, I just want you to all know that I'm praying for, um, you all as listeners, and I, I hope that uh, Christ is moving in your lives and that you are just having revival and ministries in your hearts and uh, in your workplaces and family uh, and wherever you may be and however you listen. Uh, super thankful for all of your uh, support and, and listening to this podcast weekly and humbled by it. Uh, I'm just thankful that God has has been blessing this and um i am so humbled by you all so i will be back next week with another uh, episode and i hope you guys have a great week in christ Thank you for listening to War Vessel Radio. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow and share this podcast with others so the truth of Jesus Christ will continue to spread. Thanks again for listening, and may the love, joy, peace, and grace of Jesus fill you today.